Stonehenge, a prehistoric stone monument created 5,000 years ago, consisting of giant stones weighing 25 tons each, placed in such a precise way that it perfectly measures the summer solstice every year, which baffles scientists to this day because it's hard to conceive how anybody could move these large stones into place to begin with, especially 5,000 years ago. But what if I told you that America had its own version of Stonehenge known as the Georgia Guidestones? This stone monument appeared on this hillside in Elberton, Georgia on March 22nd, 1980 with the builders being completely anonymous to this day. The Georgia Guidestones contain six granite slabs standing almost 20 feet high and weighing over 237,000 pounds. And like Stonehenge, they incorporate aspects of archaeoastronomy, which is the ancient practice of aligning buildings with celestial bodies. For example, this center stone has a slot to mark the winter and summer solstice where the sun shines perfectly through this tiny hole exactly at sunset only on those two days every year. This smaller hole cut horizontally through the center stone marks the exact position of the North Star Polaris on every night of the year, and this slit cut through the capstone on top perfectly marks high noon every single day. That is, until they were blown up at 4 a.m. on July 6, 2022. Nobody has come forward and claimed responsibility for this bombing, and no suspects have been identified yet. That's why in this video, I'm going to attempt to take you down this rabbit hole and answer the questions, who created these stones, why did they create them, and who may have blown them up? See, what makes these stones so controversial is that they contain a message for humanity. 10 modern commandments engraved into each slab using the eight most common languages in the world. English, Spanish, Swahili, Hindi, Hebrew, Arabic, Chinese, and Russian, along with ancient languages like Babylonian, Greek, Sanskrit, and Egyptian hieroglyphs. With a marker in front of the monument reading, let these be guidestones to an age of reason. Some of these guidelines include unite humanity with a living new language. Let all nations rule internally resolving external disputes in a world court. Guide reproduction wisely, improving fitness and diversity. But the most controversial of these is the first commandment. Maintain humanity under 500 million in perpetual balance with nature. Now to put this into perspective, there are over 7.7 .7 billion people on earth today, meaning that to follow this guideline, over 7 billion innocent people would have to be eliminated from the population. To figure out who may have created these and destroyed them, we've got to go back to the year 1979 when a man named R.C. Christian walked into the Elberton Granite Finishing Company to speak with the president of the company, Joe Fendley. Christian wanted Fendley's company to help build a stone monument that would, quote, function as a compass, a calendar, a clock, and should be capable of withstanding catastrophic events. Now, Christian also admitted to Fendley that his name, R.C. Christian, was actually a pseudonym that he was using because he represented a, quote, group of loyal Americans that wanted to remain anonymous. He also mentioned this anonymous group had been planning the construction of these stones for 20 years. Now, Fendley, like any normal person, thought this was a prank, and so to get rid of R.C. Christian, he quoted him a ridiculous price that was magnitudes higher than they had ever charged for anything. And to his surprise, without a second thought, R.C. Christian accepted the quote. So Fenley, who didn't know what to do at that point, he called his friend Wyatt C. Martin, who was the president of the local bank, in order to help arrange the payment. Martin recalled this conversation saying, Fenley called me and said, a kook over here wants some kind of crazy monument, but when this fella showed up, he was wearing a very nice expensive suit, which made me take him a little more seriously. When he told me what he and this group wanted to do, I told him, I believe you'd be just as well off to take the money and throw it out to people on the street. And it's reported that after this phone call, R.C. Christian left town on a private plane while also scoping out locations for the stone monument. And a few days later when he returned, he had a briefcase full of cash, a scale model of the finished monument, and 10 pages of specifications. Still feeling like something weird was going on, Martin insisted that they could only do the project if they did things by the book, requiring R.C. Christian's actual identity 
along with proof that he actually had the financial resources to fund the project. And Christian agreed on one condition, that both Fenley and Martin take an oath to keep the identities of him and the group he represents a complete secret. And after the project was completed, all documentation must be destroyed. Martin recalled this conversation saying, he said he was going to send money from different banks across the country because he wanted to make sure that it couldn't be traced. He made it clear that he was very serious about secrecy. And nine months later, in March of 1980, the finished product was finally unveiled to the public. So who was R.C. Christian and what group did he represent? To even begin thinking about this, we have to look at what we already know. There are only three people who truly knew the identity of R.C. Christian and the group behind the Georgia Guidestones. Joe Fenley, Wyatt Martin, and R.C. Christian himself. Now, Fenley passed away at the age of 81 in 2017, never having revealed the actual identity of R.C. Christian. And Martin, because he knew the real identity of R.C. Christian, admitted they stayed in touch and actually became friends. But before Martin died in December of 2021, he told reporters that R.C. Christian had unfortunately passed away a few years back. Therefore, the only three people that truly knew the identity of the group behind the Georgia Guidestones have already passed away, taking their secret with them to their grave. But we still might have enough context clues to figure out who may have actually been responsible. So let's cover the three most popular theories. Theory number one is that the stones were built by a religious group known as the Rosicrucians, a sect of Christianity that differs on one main thing. Rather than believing Jesus Christ was a holy figure that became man, like most Christians believe, the Rosicrucians believe that Jesus was a normal man who became like God because of the good deeds he did while he was a human. And this is a key distinction because to them, it means that any man can earn salvation and everlasting life by following the right set of guidelines. Additionally, the main symbol of the Rosicrucians is the rosy cross, a cross with a white rose at the center, which looks awfully similar to the Georgia Guidestones formation. Some people believe this sect erected the Guidestones in order to guide humanity away from its own destruction. Proponents of this theory also believe that RC and RC Christian might actually stand for Rosy Cross. And given how every detail about the Georgia Guidestones was intentionally planned for 20 years, it's likely that the RC and RC Christian isn't just some random coincidence. Which brings me to theory number two, Ted Turner is the mastermind behind these stones. Now, if you don't know who Ted Turner is, he's a billionaire TV producer most known for founding the networks TNT, TBS, and CNN. This theory became popular after a 1996 interview he did with Autobahn Magazine, where he basically suggested that reducing the world's population by 95% would be good for humanity. He's also known to be a big believer in preparing for the apocalypse because he created a video that's known today as the Turner Doomsday Video. It's a one minute long video that CNN plans to play if humans ever happen to face an extinction event. The video was created in 1980, the same year as the Georgia Guidestones, and it shows a military band playing the same exact song that was reportedly played on the Titanic by another band as it was sinking in 1911. Which leads us to the final theory, a cabal within the government is pushing for a new world order. A very intriguing theory because we know that this anonymous group was planning the Georgia Guidestones for 20 years before 1979, which would bring us back to 1959. And the president in 1959 was Dwight D. Eisenhower, who on his final speech before leaving the White House, warned us about a rogue group that already exists within the government saying, in the councils of government, we must guard against the acquisition of unwarranted influence, whether sought or unsought by the military.
military-industrial complex. The potential for the disastrous rise of misplaced power exists and will persist. And when you look at places like the Denver airport and some of the artwork around it, you can see eerie pictures of what looks to be mass genocide along with hints of a new world order, leading many theorists to believe that whoever designed the Denver airport may also be responsible for the Georgia Guidestones. Which brings us to the question at hand today, who done it? Now, I should say that at the time of filming this, the bombing is still an active investigation. So from this point forward, I don't intend any of the things I say to be accusations. This is all just speculation for entertainment purposes. Let's start with the possible motives. Due to the parallels between Christianity and the Ten Commandments on the Guidestones, many Christians believe the stones are demonic, calling them the Ten Commandments of the Antichrist. In fact, approximately two months before the bombing, Candace Taylor, a candidate who's running for governor of Georgia, tweeted this, I am the only candidate bold enough to stand up to the Luciferian cabal. Elect me governor of Georgia and I will bring the satanic regime to its knees and demolish the Georgia Guidestones. Then three hours after the stones were blown up, she tweeted this, God is God all by himself. He can do anything he wants to do. That includes striking down satanic guidestones. But tweets alone are not an admission of guilt because after all, if the stones were demolished before she was elected, then what else would she have to run on? Plus, she's not the only person who's outspoken about their hate for the Georgia Guidestones. Take this popular YouTuber, for example. On the surface, he might seem like a middle-aged man doing his best Alex Jones impersonation, but in reality, he's actually the author of a book called The Resistance Manifesto. And in 2012, he did an interview under the alias John Connor, a callback to the main character from the apocalyptic movie, The Terminator, where he said this, the Guidestones should be smashed into a million pieces and then the rubble used for a construction project. He even released a video the day after the Guidestones were blown up, basically bashing them all together. But again, this doesn't make him guilty. In fact, the most likely explanation is that any person who knew about the Guidestones and was triggered by them could be a suspect, which leads me to the one puzzle piece that may solve this mystery once and for all, a buried time capsule. Yup, aside from all the mysteries surrounding the Georgia Guidestones, the one that blows my mind the most is the fact that they were never even completed. There's a sentence on one of the stones saying, time capsule placed six feet below this spot on blank to be opened on blank. Most people assumed that these blank dates meant they never buried anything at all. But me, I gotta wonder, what if this time capsule was buried before the guide stones were ever built? And what if the dates were left blank because the builders have no idea when the capsule was even buried? And if this capsule was buried before the construction, how long before? Years? Decades? Centuries? Or maybe the date was left blank because the monument was literally built to withstand catastrophic events. And maybe it was assumed that the only people who would ever dig up the time capsule in the first place was whatever life happened to still be here after the stones were gone, which I'm assuming was supposed to be after the apocalypse. And given the fact that we're on the tail end of a worldwide pandemic in a society that's on the brink of recession one day after CERN turned on their particle collider, what if whatever secret group erected these stones to begin with knows what's in the time capsule and like the glass in front of the proverbial fire alarm, they broke it in case of emergency. Either way, when I see a mysterious post-apocalyptic time capsule to be opened on an undetermined date, I see a clear motive. However, according to the news, after the stones were demolished, they brought in an excavator to dig up the time capsule, if it exists. And after digging approximately six feet below where the monument once stood, what they found was more dirt. But let's be real. If they did in fact find a mysterious time capsule only meant to be opened after the demolition of a monument built to outlast the apocalypse, do you really think they'd tell us? I mean, it wouldn't be the first time the government covered something up. Take the moon, for example. In the 1970s, NASA found evidence that it may actually be hollow and made of metal, but you probably never heard a thing about it. That's why I made this video right here explaining the entire story. Go check it out.